0: The story of God is a story that's been given to God's people. It's a story that, with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has been recorded on the pages of history and in the scriptures that we have. It's an ongoing story, a story that still is enacted in the lives of God's people today. Today and in the coming weeks, we're going to hear about that continuing unfolding story of God and God's people through some of your brothers and sisters. But so this time, I invite Elizabeth Rebecca to the pulpit. <coughs> stories or images that start in us a verse that you turn to again and again for me one of those images is that of jesus christ as the good shepherd of his people and his promise to know us and be with us always the bible refers to jesus by many names messiah wonderful counselor savior and lord are just a few of those But the good shepherd is one name that he actually called himself. In the verses that precede today's gospel reading, Jesus was teaching about God's promise that the true shepherd would be provided for them, for the Jewish people, and that the previous leaders were not that true shepherd. But once again, the listeners didn't understand what was being said to them. So finally, in verse 11, it plainly states, I am the good shepherd, which was promised by God, the good shepherd that will lay down his life for his sheep and not a hired hand that runs away when things aren't going well or when danger comes near. He tells them about his love for his sheep, that he knows his sheep and that they know him and they know his voice and they will follow him. You see, in Palestine, the shepherds led their sheep out to pasture. They didn't drive the sheep before them like it's done in other countries. So the image of the sheep following their shepherd would have been very familiar to the listeners. The 23rd Psalm was one of the first set of Bible verses I remember learning. And like many of us, it's one I turn to again and again, especially when I can't fall asleep like last night because this was going through my head. When I pray the 23rd Psalm, I see Jesus as that shepherd taking care of me, leading me and guiding me along life's pathways. And perhaps it was because I learned that song at a young age, I also fell in love with sheep when I was just a kid. The Carter County Oklahoma Fair was a big deal when I was growing up. We had a coliseum in which we had the the rodeo and then there were exhibit halls that wrapped around that coliseum, where all the county fair exhibits went, in the competitions. And my family, like a lot of others in the county, would enter things to be judged, like daddy's apples and pecans, or a quilt that my mother and grandmother made. And after the rush to see if we'd won any ribbons, because that was very, very important, you know, I had to run out to the barns to find the lambs. Big fluffy lambs, wide, black, black face, slotted, I didn't care. I just loved them all. So much that in fourth grade I joined 4-H for the sole purpose of raising a lamb. But much to my surprise, I didn't get to, because you see, we lived in town. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Our kids didn't get to do the fun stuff like raise lambs or raise calves. Um, We might have done a rabbit, but I had a cat, and that wasn't going to be a good thing. So, no raising of livestock for me in competition. Um, And I never did get to have a lamb. We have a number of acres here, but our homeowners association doesn't like that idea anymore. (laughs) But over the years, I bought enough sheep, or Joe and my mother did. to have a little flock. Now this is only part of it because the table is only so big, but um, I even have one. The guy in the plaid coat down here is actually from my ancestral village in Scotland. Um, so there's a Houston sheep right there and a shoot and Creek sheep over there. And this one I got from a lady at the health department, so I guess he's a health department sheep. <laughs> but anyway, there are lots of fun. And I even have one that talks. He has a little light in his nose so he can see you (laughs) like Shut up and rest. So I have in my flock stuffed sheep, sheep pins. A couple of pictures of sheep, some saying glass sheep, and my most recent addition is a pair of sheep-shaped scissors. <laughs> um, which are very nice but they're kind of heavy. But it was while we lived in Spain, when Joe was in the Air Force, we got stationed in Spain. We were there for three years, and I got to observe a flock and its shepherds on a daily basis while we were there. The shepherds brought the flocks from our village to the land beside our house, twice a day, every day. So I got to watch them those days. And it was watching those shepherds interact with their flocks that turned appreciation for Jesus as a shepherd who watches over us into one of the Bible's promises for me. Because all the statements about how the sheep and the shepherds interact are true. As it turns out, sheep really do know their particular shepherd's voice. The Camargo de Estoralea sheep were milk sheep, so the flock was really four huge flocks in one. Every morning and evening, the shepherds came one by one and brought their sheep across the road to the field beside our house. When the sheep were all in that field, they filled an area the size of four football fields. The sheep would mill around, the flocks intermixed, but they knew the exact boundaries that they were allowed to go in. They never wandered on down the road into town. They never even came across the front of the house. They stayed beside the house and into the field, although a few brave ones did actually eat my morning worries off the fence. <laughs> um, after those shepherds conferred, one by one, they then called out to their sheep, and the flocks begin going to their shepherd. There were four shepherds with their crook in hand and dog at their side, who would begin to lead the sheep out to that day's pasture. You could watch the bellwether sheep's head come up when the shepherd began to call, and once that bell-lead sheep began to make its way to that shepherd, the ma- and through the mass of all those sheep, the rest of that particular flock would begin to fall. The shepherd would stretch out his crook and point the way, and the bellwether sheep at the head of the line. Would begin to turn in the direction he pointed, and the rest would follow. They crossed the road only where the shepherd was, and the dog kept them close <coughs> together until they were safely across. And then the shepherd, the dog, and the bellwether in the lead took the flock up and over the hills to that day's pasture. More than once, I did see a shepherd coming back at the end of the day. Sheep across his shoulders. It would be one that had gotten hurt during the day or perhaps a lamb that had been born on that day's walk. The shepherd could also walk through those hundreds of sheep and pick out which one was his, which was amazing (laughs) to me because although sheep looked just alike, I couldn't tell the difference from one to the other. I could tell some were bigger, some were littler, and some were lambs, but other than that, shepherd pick out his sheep, but the sheep could pick out their shepherd. As the men moved through the flock, checking them over, the sheep would look up, and if it was their shepherd, they would go towards him. And if it wasn't their shepherd, they just kept grazing. So that, for me, was just an amazing thing to watch. And watching that interaction happen twice a day for three years, how they carefully checked them morning and night, took them safely out to graves in arid summers and in wet winters and brought them home again, cared for them when newborn or injured, then I accepted the image of the Good Shepherd from the New Testament and the actions of a Good Shepherd from the Psalm to be for me promises of Scripture. I wanted that relationship with our Lord for myself. I wanted to know him as he knew me. I wanted to know his voice and to hear it to listen to his guidance and with his help to act on that guidance. I wanted to be able to find that green pasture in my life and to know it would be waiting for me whenever I needed it. I have heard that still small voice in my own life. It's not a voice that condemns and chastises, but rather a voice that speaks quietly in the heart. It brings peace and hope. And sometimes can convict you that there's a task he needs you to do. It could be a call to walk closer with him in daily life and in your ministry, or maybe change your focus to a whole new area of ministry. It was through listening to that voice that I began to feel that I needed to, needed to knit calls for a couple of people of our congregation who weren't doing well. They were ill, but I didn't know the people well. And I hadn't heard the shawl ministry yet. Um, so I didn't understand why at all I felt so compelled to do this. And many of you may remember, I used to have a bookstore here in town, down on the square. And one day, when I was looking for new mystery novels to read, to buy, because if you read mysteries, you read lots of mysteries, you just don't read an author or two. I found the title, "Knitting into the Mystery." Now, I thought I was buying a novel, a mystery novel, set in a knitting shop, and, you know, it's granted, it's a mystery, so somebody's probably going to die in that shop, but that's just going to be part of it. But when it came in, and it was purple, and it had pictures of, close-up pictures of knitting on the front, I knew I didn't have a novel in the hand, so I read it and discovered it was a book entirely about how the prayer shawl ministry got started and how to start one in your own church. So with the blessing of Father John Rice, who was our rector at the time, and 12 members who agreed to come along with me, we started the prayer shawl ministry here at Good Shepherd. This all happened to me during the time period when I was exploring becoming a deacon, like Turner is in our physical church. And I decided that wasn't what I had to do, but what I really had to do was to get the parish ministry off the ground here. And it's continued since I think this was in about 2004, so at least a good 14 years <laughs> we have had a personal ministry here at Good Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for doing it. And congratulations to those of you who might have a shawl. The voice could also be guiding you to make changes in your life or lifestyle, but again, that's a voice of love and encouragement. Maybe there's someone who hurt you, and that hurt still stings, and maybe you're being called to forgive that person. Or maybe you did something or said something, and it still bothers you. So maybe you're being called to the work of learning to forgive yourself. Or maybe, just maybe, the voice is simply saying, calm, no me better. Let me walk by your side. Let me help you find an oasis of rest, a green pasture. A still place where you can rest and lay down your burdens and restore your soul. He leads us like the shepherds of Palestine and Spain lead their sheep. He goes before us and prepares our way with love, no matter how many times we fall astray. He doesn't drive us like a sheep does nipping at our heels to make us run and turn in the direction he wants us to go. Instead, he walks on before us, preparing our way and saying, come, follow me. So I ask each of us today, do you know the voice of the Good Shepherd? (coughs) And if you do, do you listen to it? It's not easy. We live in a very noisy world. I'm trying to listen and I want to listen better. Sometimes I try too hard, and sometimes I don't try hard enough. But I am learning that if the words seem harsh, fill me with disquiet, that our anger is asking the voice to listen to. Listen for the voice of peace, of wholeness, of love. For we are all the beloved children of God. And remember that God whispers to each of us, every day and all the time, but we often don't hear. Perhaps it's because of our busy world we don't take time to pay attention to the little things around us. Be open to hearing his whispers, and don't be like the man who said to God, God, speak to me, I need a sign from you, I just have to have some sign you're really there, and then couldn't listen. Couldn't see him in the simple things like a meadowlark song, a butterfly that hovers right next to you, thunder rolling in the sky, the sun peeking over the mountains, a newborn smile, a puppy grin, a kitten's purr. For maybe, just maybe, the butterfly that hovered next to you in the garden yesterday was, in fact, a touch of God. Yes, after all. Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, who stands ready to walk with us in prayer, grant that when we hear your voice, we may know it is you who calls us by each by name and follow where you lead. Amen.